And for vice president, I'd like to nominate <laughs> Jill, <laughs> or me, <I'll, laughs> she's in charge anyway. Hallelujah. Oh, I got to get through this thing. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, Kevin O'Day, our young adult pastor, has got a slideshow prepared for you for the trip from the Dominican Republic, and uh, J.P. Sad put it together so you can... Know the author, Roll Film. Amen. Um, the building you saw them working on was a clinic, medical clinic. They need the help there. Uh, the group also did four truckloads of cement and uh, painted things, and they did guerrilla warfare with 500 kids in VBS. So. <laughs> And ask them about that. <laughs> Amen. Let's have the scriptures up here, please. If you'd stand up and join with me as we read the scriptures. Let's start. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Father, we who follow you know that true joy and a complete joy only comes from having a relationship with you. So we ask, Father, help us be people of joy and make us complete in our hearts, Father, as we fellowship with you and fellowship with one another. Um, so we open our hearts to you, Father. Here's our heart. It's your tablet today. Please write in it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you would please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to get to 1 John uh, eventually. In preparing a sermon, I've been thinking about this for a couple of months, and so I've got a lot of material, so I hope you're not too hungry. Um, uh, and, uh, boy, you write these things down, and then... Um, you pray about it, and you think about it, and you come back to it, and it rolls around inside you, uh, and more scriptures come in, and the scriptures go out. Um, and for me, um, the title changes a lot, back and forth. Um, and uh, I finally ended up um, in my own notes about um, our missionary is the only one inspired. Now, we're going we're to end up with the messages, the mission will end up there, but... Uh, our missionaries, the only ones who are inspired, because we look at missionaries and we respect them and we hear the stories and we're drawn to what they said. Uh, we see Christ lifted up and uh, see all kinds of neat pictures at times of things going on. Um, but the truth is that every single believer 
is inspired by God. If we look at the book of Genesis, when God picked up the dirt and formed man, he breathed into him, and that word is he inspired them right there. Breathed into him. We know that 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all of Scripture is inspired, it's breathed into by God. And this is really a basis of everything I'm going to share with you, with you, whether you believe it or not, is what truly makes the difference. It really does come back to faith. But to be inspired. We see stories that move our hearts and we say, it's inspiring. But the source of inspiration is knowing God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing the story of Jesus and what he's done for us that touches our hearts so deeply. You know, during a wedding ceremony, we have this ring ceremony going on, and uh, usually uh, in the weddings that I do, I uh, ask that we pray over these rings and remind the folks um, that it symbolizes the covenant that they have with each other and with the Lord. I look at my covenant every day. I've been married 42 years. And, and <laughs> I'm still inspired that my wife loves me. It means something to me. Now, she had the wisdom enough to have our wedding date inscribed on the inside. <laughs> and now she's buying magnifying glasses for me. <laughs> But every day feels like an anniversary. Is that worth dinner? Okay. Uh, she, she's working. <laughs> okay, she's taking my time now. Come on. But a life without inspiration is so dull and boring. I want to be inspired. And we live and have this great opportunity to be with our Lord who will inspire us every single day and breathe into us and give us life and give us hope. One of the common things I see among missionaries uh, is a couple of things. It's a, uh, and I was, as I was praying and thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about all the missionaries that I know that many of you had known, had met, um, and they have these common traits within them. And the first is they are people of faith. Uh, they really believe that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, brought here to earth, crucified, raised from the dead, sitting at the right hand of the Father and coming back. They really believe it, and they preach it. They are also people that know God's grace in their own life. And that's why the vast majority of them are so, so humble. In fact, we're really not involved with missionaries who are prideful um, because I need to be around folks that encourage me in my faith and the wonderful grace that God has given me. So they have this sense of faith about them and this sense of grace. Now, obviously, they have to have that to be able to do the Lord's work and to be able to preach the gospel wherever the Lord has sent them. But it's much, much more than that. They have the faith and the grace personally for themselves. In the heart, they believe that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, 
In their heart, they believe that Jesus is my Savior. In their heart, they believe that their sins were nailed to a cross, just like it tells us in Colossians. In their heart, they believe that Jesus bled and died for them personally. And his blood hit the altar of this earth underneath that cross. And that he was buried and descended before he could ascend. And they believe that Jesus sits at the right hand of God and prays for them personally. And they believe it all came because of grace. That they didn't earn any of it. And they're not earning any more grace from God out there on the mission field, on the things that they're doing, or anything else like that. They've received all this wonderful grace because it was God's choice to give it to them. And so they're not proud. They're thankful and people of grace. I wish you all could sit around the table with a missionary and their families and just talk with them. And just talk about life. And talk about the Lord. And talk about the circumstances that they're in. You know, it's not some kind of Mount Transfiguration there where Bruce turns into a white robe and... uh, Moses and Elijah come down and talk to her. <laughs> Enoch and, and that. It's, you sit down with people who are just filled with faith and grace. And it's just a wonderful fellowship. And it encouraged my faith so much as we just talk together and we always laugh. And, and we just, it's like Jesus is sitting right there with us. Our Lord's with us. And we're together. A wonderful experience. People of faith and grace, they preach that message, but they believe it for themselves. And you see, that's the cornerstone. That's the foundation of all of our lives. And if you build on any other foundation, it crumbles. It may last for a while, but it goes every single time. You can do all kinds of ministries, but unless it's built on, I personally believe that Jesus is the Christ. And he has given me salvation through grace and grace alone. So I'll go out here and serve. And I know there's rewards in heaven and whatever those are and how that works. Um, You know, I might even be able to figure out how to use an uh, iPad by then. Uh, (laughs) But I don't need iPad because I will have I am. And so... Okay. Uh, I know. I just need to uh, learn a little bit of geek and I'll be okay. Uh, So, getting back to the point here. A people of personal faith in Jesus Christ and a people who are motivated by his grace. Just like Galatians 5, 6 tells us. It's not our works. In other words, circumcision, uncircumcision. But it's faith that is works or is motivated by love. That's what inspires us. That's what guides us. That's what points the way for us. So I see this in missionaries, but it's really for every single individual. And I see this in many of you that I know so well. I see these traits of faith and of grace within your life to be able to be lived here and then lived anywhere else we go. So I would like to put up here a picture of a missionary for you. 
Look at that foreign guy. That's Frank Soper. He's sitting right over yonder, as we say, down here. Uh, Frank's a missionary. Okay. Now, he gave me that picture with fear and intrepidation. <laughs> I told him generally what I was going to do with it. Um, Frank is a follower of Jesus Christ. He's not a fan. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. Because he believes and his life follows and the actions show that. Frank is now retired. He was a manager at a truck line. Got there about 4.30 in the morning or somewhere around that. Worked hard at managing all those wonderful people, especially the union workers. Which is... Then he got home in time to play 18 holes of golf. And now uh, his wife's main job is to figure out some ways to get him out of the house. <laughs> um, Frank is a missionary from Smyrna. Because Frank knows Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and knows he's been saved by grace. Now, I could have put many of your pictures up there, but I just enjoyed putting Frank on the spot. Um, uh, but it means something to me, Frank's story does, as so many of you do. Um, and Frank felt the call to go. This spot here, and Frank's been to a lot of places now, um, most of them did not have golf courses. This is in Peru, um, on the Napo River, the city of Santa Clotilde, or something close to that. And we were building a church. That river feeds into the Amazon River. It took us two days to get up there um, by boat. Um, and as we were helping the people of that village and the pastor there with the missionaries, um, They had a real steep hill there. And Frank has got problems with his legs and the circulation, which causes him great pain as he exerts his strength. But God had a way for him. The hill up to build this church was steep. And the missionary, I've never seen him do it before or after, put a motorcycle on the boat. And Frank got on the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> Up the hill he went. <laughs> it was great. While well, we all sweated and lugged up our tools. <laughs> and then my legs started to hurt. <laughs> Recently, down in Mexico, I'm talking with Ray Hansen, who some of you met, and he reminded me, he spoke years ago here, I think. And... and um, and Frank and Ray down at the children's home, uh, it's a wonderful facility. And for those of you who haven't been back, you know, I mean, it's just filled with buildings and people and, and dirt. And, and in the last two years, with all the things that's been going on in Mexico with the violence, he used to have 1,000 people come a year. Now, I don't think he gets 150 people that come. Um, it caused his income to drop $450,000 in the last two years. And he's got 60 children, 30-some-odd employees, a school to run, 
and all of these houses and utility bills and all this kind of stuff. And he said, Bruce, I just got to believe God. He said, it amazes me all the time that this comes in. But with that drop in income um, and the people coming, he said, God, what do you want us to do? So they've just, they're reaching out to the community because he's got a gymnasium, he's got a soccer field. He's, in fact, the only gymnasium and soccer field with a school in the entire city. And they've started soccer leagues where they share Christ, and brother, do they share Christ all the time in the scriptures. And they've started Iwana clubs for the kids, and they did a children's VBS while we were there. And the week before, they had a teenager, a teen camp where they invited teens in for free to stay there in the dormitories and use the gym and hear the preaching, and a bunch of them got saved. Um, he's just saying, uh, okay, the ministry has changed. The income has changed, but you haven't changed, Lord. What do you want me to do? And then Frank looked at me and said, what would you do, Bruce? Or Ray said it. What would you do, Bruce, if money was no object? And it caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. You see, Ray trusts God every single day. It always inspires us to hear the stories. Um, His dog died a few months ago. God gave him another dog. Gave it to him. He has a golden doodle. And I went, is that a snack food, Ray? What, what, What... and, and then Buddy came out. It's a cross between a giant French poodle and a golden retriever. And you can make up any dog you want in your mind with that, as far as I'm concerned. But it's, it's going to be a big dog and a great personality. And with a name like Buddy, you've got to get along or they'll change your name. Uh, God gave him a dog. I mean, it just goes on all the time. But I kept thinking about, what would you do, Bruce, if money was no object? And I could sense my spirit. Would you, um, where do you go first? Do you start thinking about houses and cars? Or do you think, I go anywhere Jesus wanted me to go? Oh, Lord. If I really believe that, but I've done it. But I still have to face it to this day. Ronnie and Margaret have done it. Many of you have done this. You just started because Jesus told you to and whatever he told you to do. And so I said, Lord, help me to keep focusing back on your faith and your grace and not pull back and look at this natural world. But just be obedient to you. Just be obedient to be able to follow you. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Lord, if you can put a piece of a coin into a fish's mouth to pay the taxes for the disciples, um, what can you can do anything. And I know that. But will I believe it? And will I act on it? You see, for all believers with our faith, if we look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 quickly. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. In this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
So let's get back on Frank's, as well as many of others. I know Frank believes the scripture. We've talked about this scripture in our groups. Frank believes every word of it. Frank has never asked me, Bruce, what if I can't do the work there? Or what if I can't get around wherever we go? Frank just goes. Because he believes God's got the resource. Resources are easy for God. Getting willing people is another story. We went to Kenya, uh, and we were on the shores of Lake Victoria, where some of you have gone. And the accommodations, we had a few more people than the dormitory, <laughs> the one room with uh, <laughs> the four bunk beds, basically, and the one bathroom got old. So a few of the folks had to go up uh, to where Don and Nancy were staying, the missionaries, and, and stay there. It was two miles away. Don and Nancy walked it. Um, we thought that was a little far for us. Um, and, and I was thinking about Frank. And so this lady who I'd been helping in the kitchen, she had cooked, and I'd been talking with her, and who had, I'd watched her wash her clothes out in the uh, Lake Victoria and then spread them out and dry them on, on the bush. And I was wondering how we were going to get these people there, and I was just talking with her, and she said, why don't you let me call you a cab? And I went, oh, you're good. You, you're, you're good. You're sharp. And she pulled out her cell phone. And she called a cab. And a few minutes later, this white Nissan little pickup truck showed up with a cab on the back of it, metal cover. And the guy said, load them up. And, and we put all the people in the back of that truck, sometimes 12 or more of them. And, uh, and we're not little people. Of course, I stayed back on, on the... And, and the fellow, the cab driver, looked at me and said, um, I can bring him back in the morning. And I gave him the time. And he said, if you just need me, call me. And I went, the world has changed. Has it changed? <laughs> and every day for about a week, he drove the people back and forth. But I've been with my brother. I've been when we walked around those dirt roads or back through a path in the bush. I've seen the tears on Frank's cheeks. And he says, Bruce, give me a minute. And we wait a few minutes, and he starts again. You've inspired me, Frank. As well as many of you, the kids this past week, same way. Because we're not concerned about the provision because we've received the full grace of God, and we believe it. So then we become a people by faith who will share here, Murfreesboro, Memphis, Little Rock, Texarkana. I'm telling you all the cities I drove through yesterday. <laughs> Working our way. <laughs> because of the scriptures. We have nothing to boast about except the Lord Jesus Christ. We're filled with humility because I've been saved under no effort of my own at all. 
and will not receive anything because of my effort is when it concerns to my grace of salvation. Now, sure, the Lord blesses us, and, and there'll be rewards in heaven and all those type of things, but we'll be with him. When I was a, with a boy, I never worried about provision when I was with my dad. I was never afraid because I knew he'd take care of me. And then as we both became Christians, and as I watched my dad, his body wither, and I had to take care of him, we both had provision in our Lord. And so when we look at this wonderful grace he has given us, and we look at what it says right here, and it says that we have this grace that we've experienced, and that we know that we are his workmanship that God created me. I have a creator. I have a father who loves me. And it also says that we were created for good works. In other words, God has a purpose for me. And any other purpose that we build on other than God's grace and salvation, and we are his workmanship created for his purposes, is a false foundation that crumbles and withers, and then you try to build again, and then you try to build again and again. No, it's all based on this. And whatever those works are, uh, he has prepared in advance for us, and basically that just means there's a plan. There's a plan. Every missionary believes this for their lives personally and then for their missionaries. Every Christian needs to believe it so you can live it out here every single day. So you can live a life with inspiration. You can live a life with purpose. You know there's a plan. No matter what else is going on, there is a plan because it says prepared in advance. That's what the scriptures say. And unless you believe it by faith, then everything else pushes you like a wave. It's not only false doctrine in James chapter 1. You can get all kinds of lies and everything off the media and everything else that'll push you all around. You won't become a complete Christian. You won't be a mature Christian. You'll stay a child, pushing this way, that way, rather than, okay, I'm based on Christ, and I'm going to lean in. I'm not going to fall back. I'm going to lean in. There's many times on the mission trips, as a group, we've had to get together. It's, because it's always not easy. We're not going to tell you all of the problems and those kind of things. Besides, who wants to bring a set of snakes home? Um, no, no, please. Although some in the back have. Um, and you know what we get to do? And we did this in Peru. It might have been that trip. It was hot and, so, and different things and came up. And we got together, and as a group, we leaned into the Lord. We had a great pair of time spiritual warfare, and we all put our armor back on and had it straightened out, and we were back up the hill we went as we watched Frank ride, uh, right up there. But you lean in because we believe, we believe it. Oh, Bruce. Um, and quickly, you don't have to turn to it. I'm just going to refer to Matthew 28, 16 about the message, and you hear that all the time on mission messages about going into all the word world. But when the disciples came to see Jesus before he ascended, they came and some worshiped and some doubted, uh, which are common reactions with the body of Christ. Uh, it's either worship or doubt. Um, and Jesus addresses that, I feel, in, when he says that all authority has been given unto me. 
in heaven and earth. You expect a missionary to believe that, but what about you and I? All authority. But he has it. But Jesus chooses not to exercise his authority over you unless you choose to yield to him. What a God would do that. Total authority. But says, you can have it or not. One day you will face me. One day you will see my authority. But you have this precious time now to yield to this creator, the lover of your soul, and to have his authority. And his authority, and you follow him, will automatically bring testimony in your life because stuff happens. You may get a golden doodle to talk about. I hope there's more than that. (laughs) And then he goes on to talk about baptizing, immersing people in the Lord Jesus Christ, letting them be new creatures, teaching them to obey everything that you have been taught. So I would ask you this this morning. How can we teach others unless we've been taught? How can we ask others to obey unless we obey? Um, We've got some Sunday school teachers and some Wednesday night workers here that have taught a long time. You know, if Margaret took them to another country, they'd do great. They love those children. They teach the Bible well. It's good stuff. I hear some of it. And I think, oh, they do so good over there. Of course, they're all thinking bugs and sweat and stuff like that, right? It's not. It's it's the Lord. And you are equipped. There's a plan. You're his workmanship. And you can teach what you have been taught and what you've obeyed. In other words, you're a follower of Christ. You've put it into practice, and you put it to practice here or there. Making disciples, in other words, making making followers, not making fans, and then asking them to continue to keep the commandments as you keep them also. That's lifestyle, and that he will be with you always. I tell you something, if you know the commandments of the Scripture and the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you will put them in action, I guarantee you 100% you will have a testimony. Stuff will happen. And you will have fellowship with him, and he will draw close to you. But it's personal. It's personal, and will always be personal. So for the missionaries, they know that personally, and then they just respond to what God would have them to do. And so it is for every single Christian. Is it personal with you? And the message of Christ, of his saving grace that he so freely gives us, and accepting him that changed our life. All things pass away. All things become new. Our ambition is now to please him. I am motivated. I am inspired. Because I serve a wonderful Savior. To be able to believe the message. Let's do a video. Thank you.
Escribí lo mismo. You know, every day is a beautiful day for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the rest of the world is just like that man. And so God has called us to change the message that the world is hearing. The God of this world blinds the minds of those who don't believe. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free, give sight to the blind, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And people are blind to the good things of God. They're captives of sin, chained to their life, and feel totally unacceptable. We've got the message that can change them. But do we believe it personally? Will we share it? People need Jesus Christ. We can think of a lot of things to do and good intentions and call it ministry and everything else, but unless we give them Jesus, we give them nothing to change their lives. Nothing. My cousin, Anita, is here. For years, she's worked at a school for the blind. And a while back, I asked her, when you work with the blind... Do they all want to see? Is that what they really want? And she said, no. It, it really surprised me. She said, they want a job. They wonder if they're going to get married. They wonder if they're going to have kids. So many issues of the heart. And we who are sighted know the truth. We can see everything and still feel broken, still feel empty, still feel lost, still feel like we're blind as a bat. So that which was from the beginning, the Lord Jesus Christ, that which was from the beginning, who let you be born again and have a new beginning, this Jesus who you really have seen and heard and touched, will you proclaim him? And as First John goes on to talk about, it's concerning the word of life that really gives us life. The things we've seen and heard we proclaim unto you, that you may have fellowship with us, because our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus. And that our joy can be made complete. As individuals, we see Jesus. Now I know scripture says, though we haven't seen him, we love him. But you have seen him. If you help the least of them, you've done it unto me. You've seen him. You've touched him. And it's much more than just picking up a little dirty child in the slum of some country, which many of you have done. It's a wonderful expression of love. 
but you're touching our Lord because you're doing it unto him. And you know it in here. We have heard him. We have seen him. We have touched him. Will we proclaim him? Because we will only bring people into fellowship with God if we will proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will change them. I've seen missionaries and talked to many, obviously, who have great resources. And sometimes those resources change. And when the resources change, sometimes the people you minister will leave because they're just there as a fan for what they can get. But when you get to share Christ with somebody in another country, in another culture, and they know Christ personally and come into that personal relationship, it's like you're talking with family. It's the same heart, the same father. And you have what true fellowship is about, what true joy and completeness is about. My desire as a pastor for every person in here to experience that here, and hopefully in another country, but here. I ask you this morning, are you seeing him? Are you hearing him? Are you touching him? Are you letting him see you and hear you and touch you? That we may proclaim these wonderful things that God has. To be able to talk about him, to be able to say sometimes, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. Rise up and walk. That's what God has for each and every one of us. I would encourage you that you are an inspired follower of Christ. And if you'll do it, you'll see him, you'll hear him, you'll touch him, and you'll have something, something to say to your family, to those that you work with, your community, and maybe even another country. Will you stand with me, please? And we'll take a few moments to be able to pray for you. If in the things that I've shared with you this morning, you've never been able to see Jesus Christ, you've never heard his voice, never felt his touch in your heart, you can this morning. I proclaim to you that Jesus Christ is alive. I proclaim it to you. And that he will not fail you. Take him. And then with any other issue, something the Holy Spirit might be speaking to your heart this morning, and you just like somebody to agree in prayer, these brothers and sisters who will be coming up here know the scriptures. Um, they'll give you a scripture or two and pray for you. Um, just yield to the Holy Spirit and the Lord's authority and let him touch your heart.